you, we see uh, one of my favorite villains from the Batman series, and I, I openly admit I don't know you know a whole lot about all the villains, but uh, Killer Croc, I love him. He's you know he fits perfectly in the Ninja Turtle canon. You know, do you think he's related to Leatherhead? I think they're they're distant cousins. Yeah, they're probably cousins. You know, twice removed. You know. <laughs> They don't really like each other, you know. Uh, they had a falling out the last Christmas party, and you know, since then they've kind of they've had a Twitter war. Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness. Brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and Josh. Cowabunga! Good morning, Shellheads. Rob and Josh are back with another exciting episode of Turtle Flakes. Yeah! Cowabunga, Cowabunga more like Cowabatka. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> wow, that just happened. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Um, uh, today we're covering the uh, Batman issue, the Batman Ninja Turtle crossover issue, um, issue one, entitled Knights of the Half Shell, I think, or Knights in a Half Shell, something like that. Uh, and we're fired up. I mean, worlds collide. Yeah. Yeah. And... <laughs> You're like, yeah, they do. Uh, I guess they do. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know about you, Rob, but when I first heard about this, I my mind almost exploded. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, it's one of those things like uh, with Ghostbusters, you kind of think, okay, that's still a really, really big crossover, but they were still within the same company, you know, still IDW. So now you've got IDW crossing over with DC, and Batman is a big deal. I mean, this is huge right here. And I'm thinking, man, how do you tie Batman with the Turtles? You know, and then I was worried, oh, man, uh, are they going to focus way more on Batman than the Turtles? Or are they going to focus on the Turtles more? I mean, I, I didn't know. I had no idea what was going to happen. But after reading this issue, I'm pretty pumped up. Yeah, it's uh, it's really exciting. I was I was really waiting for this. Actually, I don't have a hard copy of this yet. Um, I'm really hoping I do. Oh, me too. Um, at my comic shop, you know, I told them anything Ninja Turtles put in my box and I'll come pick it up. And it's just been so crazy lately. Mm -hmm. I haven't been up there in a couple months, so I'm really hoping that they have physical copies for me. So uh, they sent them just, to me. Yeah, they said, "Well, that hose isn't going to pick them up." <laughs> <Yeah>, probably. <laughs> well, hey, man. Uh, first of all, I I just want to say I miss you, man. Uh. Thank you so much. Now, I have to brag on my buddy Josh here, guys, because Josh was the one who set up the Kevin Eastman uh, interview, uh, the, the one we just had. If you've not listened to it, oh, man, it was amazing. I mean, talking to Kevin Eastman, I can scratch that off my bucket list. This man was the most humble, most kind-hearted, very honest. I mean, uh, we, we asked some interesting questions about the movies, the IDW comics, just a dream come true. And it, none of this would have happened if it weren't for you hoser so thank you so much for for organizing that and i wish you could have been there yeah it's okay you know I, I got to talk to him last time so i figured it was only fair if uh <laughs> if you got him alone well i'll tell you he and you know what he josh he rubbed it in the first time a little bit so maybe he felt guilty <laughs> no not at all oh oh you hoser um but yeah i mean just i don't want to you know keep repeating myself but just knowing that 
the creator or the co-creator of Ninja Turtles was so kind. Just makes me love the franchise even more. And and get this, Josh. He, not us, we, we didn't mention it. We were going to. But he was the one who said, hey, let's let's talk about the uh, the movie when it comes out. And I was like, okay. Wow. <laughs> he likes us, hey? Yeah. Well, he so, likes me. So right. Right. Well, it was probably Joshua Rourke. I bet he saved it. That's true. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I was glad to, you know, I was a little, uh, I was like, oh, boy, I'm, I'm going to be a little nervous. Uh, and uh, it was so cool to have Josh O'Rourke on the show, too, because I know he's a diehard uh, Turtles fan as well. So it was cool to kind of share that experience with him. I know. Yeah, that's so cool you got to share with him. I bet he was, was he star, as starstruck as you were? Oh, yeah. The poor guy. I didn't even think he was going to make it because he was having um, a lot of audio issues. Like, he came on. He was on Skype. I added him to the call, and he couldn't. He wasn't coming through. Uh, like, I couldn't hear him. But, you know, he was typing to us, said he could hear us. So, you know, time comes for me to call Kevin Eastman, and so I have to call him. And then Josh tries to get back on again, still same problem. And about ten minutes, about five or ten minutes into the interview, he gets, I guess, on his wife's laptop. And finally, I can hear him. I was like, "Oh, he made it! Thank goodness!" You know, it was it was That's cool. cool. It was cool because uh, you know, that's like, awesome. Yeah, good times, good times. But uh, but Hoser, hopefully the third time, you know, maybe uh, you and I could both talk to Kevin Eastman. That would be cool. That would be amazing. So Hoser, uh, have you gotten any uh, turtle pickups in the last couple of weeks? Um, I don't think so, actually. What kind uh, of fan are you? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it was funny. So, um, yeah, I was in va- I was on vacation in Mexico. Oh, congratulations, uh, by the way. Yeah, yeah, we were celebrating our 10th anniversary, my wife Stacy and I. So it was really cool. Um, so I've just been kind of, uh, last week I was just chilling, uh, hanging out by the pool, having some margaritas and stuff. It was it was good times. Crank cocktails? I, <laughs> of course, <laughs> I I almost had a semi-related turtle pickup, but I didn't get it. They uh, so we went to the Mayan ruins of uh, Chichen Itza. So it's I guess it's one of the seven wonders of the world. It's pretty amazing. It's like this big uh, Mayan temple. Oh um, wow! Yeah, it's really really cool. And well, they right outside of that area, they had um, these shops where the Mayan people craft their own things, like they do carvings and stuff. And they had these uh, obsidian stones. I guess they get uh, real, uh, you know, like rock that's made from lava, obsidian from Mexico City, and they kind of carve it into things and, and stuff like that and sell it. And they had one that was a turtle that looked really, really cool. <laughs> I almost bought it. Like the um, the shell, the, the carapace, I think it is, the outside of the shell was like super shiny and stuff. It was really cool looking, but uh, we had to fly back and I didn't have a whole lot of room left in my bag, so I didn't get it. But uh, So I almost had a turtle pick. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that, oh, that's pretty sweet. Well, I don't have too many, um, but I did. Uh, first thing I got was from my friend uh, Freddy Velasquez. I uh, just want to brag on him real quick because I bought – uh, he had, I think it was on the Retro Junkies website, he posted all these pictures of some of his box Game Boy games, and I said, hey, dude, uh, I said, that's an awesome collection, and he reached out to me, he's like, hey, I'm selling some of these if you ever ever want any, and he had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Fall of the Foot Clan boxed, and I think it's got the, I think it's even got the manual in it. Oh, it does, it does. I mean, he took good care of these boxes. Um, and then he sent them to you. And then he, <laughs> <laughs> knowing what was going to happen to him. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you know, and um, I, I had had the loose copy, but I just love the cover art so much. And I wish that, you know, I wish there was a website or, and maybe there is, and I just don't know what it, where it's at, that just talked about video game um, box art artists. You know, because some of the box art for those old games, you know, the hands uh, sketched art, 
is amazing. And I love the box art of Fall in the Foot Clan. Um, you know, the front and back. So, and I love this game. I've actually beaten it. One of the very few Turtles games I've beaten. <laughs> um, and uh, the, the funny thing about it was I had bought it. Uh, I think I sent him the money about a month ago. And, you know, right away he's like, okay, I'm gonna send, I'll send that out your way. And weeks went by and weeks went by. I didn't get it. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And, uh, you know, poor Freddy's like, ah, oh, man, I don't know what happened. And then sure enough, about three days ago it came in. Uh, and I don't know what happened. It maybe uh, somehow it got lost in the mail and then somebody retrieved it. Crane probably intercepted it. Yeah. <laughs> Played it. was this epic battle. And right, right. Casey Jones is probably like, hey, violators, you can't <laughs> steal the mail. <laughs> Yeah, right. I think that's exactly what happened. And then, you know, uh, Shredder played it and beat the game and then sent it back. <laughs> you know, he used the Game Boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> such a loser. Only problem is he keeps uh, busting his Game Boys with his, uh, you know, his, his claws. I know, yeah. Then the LCD, it's, yeah, it's a mess. Right. And, you know, Shredder's getting up there now. It's, it's hard for him to see the little screen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, he's got, he's got that crazy Game Boy magnifier thing. <laughs> you, know, if, you know he has one of those. With oh, the yeah. light and everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he probably does. Yeah, Donatello probably has one, too. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I got that, and uh, Freddy was nice to send me a whole bunch of different things. Uh, I got, like, a box Simpsons Game Boy game and, you know, just a whole bunch of bonus gifts that I didn't even expect. So big shout-out to you, Freddy. If you're listening, thank you so much, man. You are one radical dude. And uh, speaking of radical dudes, this is crazy. I, about a week ago, I was uh, getting home from work, and I see this big package by my door, and I was like, what is this? And I open it up, and it's a huge Big Wheel, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Big Wheel. And I'm like, where did this come from? I'm trying to find a return address. There isn't one on there. It's just like it was shipped right from Walmart to our house. And I'm like, what is this? And I reached out. I called a couple of family members. None of them had claimed it and said they had sent it. And then I got a message from uh, my buddy Brian, Brian Rapolo from Retro Gaming Times. He was the editor there. It's an online magazine dedicated to retro games. New issue coming out, by the way. And uh, he was like, oh, yeah, you enjoying that big wheel, you know, for, for Grayson? I said, you were the one? So, you know, big shout out to Brian. Thank you so much, man. I, it, stuff like that, it just it, it's so incredibly kind, and, and, you know, you just feel kind of unworthy to receive gifts like that, you know? So thank you very much, Brian. That was really nice of you, and I know I can't wait to get Grayson out there on that big wheel. It's going to be awesome. So, but that's it for me. I've, I've not gotten any other pickups that I can think of off the top of my head except for um, – I think I got IDW issue 55 this week. I just downloaded it. I've not read it yet, but I've caught up to 54, so can't wait to kind of see what's going on there. And I'm excited about this comic issue. Yeah. You want to talk about it? Sure. Let's do it. Hello, Violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be schooled. Well, first of all, Hoser, let me ask you this. Do you have any experience, like, did you grow up a big Batman fan or anything? Um, I mean, not really, like, a huge Batman fan. I mean, I like, I like Batman. I'd say I am a Batman fan, but not a really big Batman fan. My right. wife, however, she really likes Batman. I think oh. Batman is her favorite superhero. She's always had uh, a different number of Batman things, like books and stuff. She likes Batman t-shirts, and, um, you know, I never really... I've I've read maybe one maybe one or two maybe three Batman comics pretty much ever. It's not that I don't like them. I think you know if I had to pick a favorite superhero like DC and stuff, Batman would probably be my favorite too. So I love all the movies. Love the '89 movie. Uh, I like Batman Forever. Uh, the other ones are pretty good. The new ones are pretty good. So um, yeah, I mean uh, I'm a pretty uh, I'm. 
I would say I'm a Batman fan. I, I guess he's probably my favorite superhero. I'm just like, I'm not into superheroes as much as other stuff. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, but um, I like him. Yeah, I've read a couple couple Batman uh, comics and stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of a similar situation for me. I um, I really, really like Batman, especially when I was a kid. One of my first gaming experiences, of course, I've said this probably a million times, you know, was playing Batman for the NES. And that game kind of really got me into it and really got me intrigued with Batman uh, when I was a kid. And I got all the toys, and I remember watching the animated series all the time. And I remember getting um, the VHS Ooh, tape. Ooh, the animated series. Yeah, I'd, okay. I'm a bigger Batman fan. I love the <laughs> animated series. Like, my wife and I sat, we got the whole set, we sat down and watched every single episode. Probably one of the best, if not the best, animated series of all time. Even, like, just because the story, well, the music, number one, and then the stories... Uh, they're interesting to adults because there's there's a lot of depth there. Awesome. Yeah, and they're dark, awesome. surprisingly yeah. dark. Yeah, really, really good. What did you get them on DVD? Yeah, um, it was weird. Uh, so I had bought Stacy. You know, Stacy loves Batman, and I, I really like him. And I bought. Uh, I would buy. They would have the box sets. You know, it's like the size of a DVD, but like four DVDs thick, and yeah. it's like a little book you open. Yeah. So I bought in like I think three or four of those of the animated series, and I can't remember how many there are. Mm-hmm. And then we just happened to find on Craigslist somebody had the whole set, and it's this big box with a. Um, it's got this clear plastic slip cover that goes over it. That's got bats drawn on it. You open the thing up, and it's got got uh an exclusive art book only in that set and it's yeah. just got like i don't know like 20 discs or something wow yeah so we watched the entire series yeah no kidding wow man i see i've probably only seen uh, maybe half of it I, i'd say because i know it, it lasted the majority of the 90s yeah yeah then yeah. uh i think batman beyond was like the spinoff and then after that i, I forget what's what happened i kind of lost track of it but um i did i did remember getting some of the vhs tapes and I remember, I remember um, Mask of the Phantasm, something like that. Um, I remember when oh, they came one out. Of the movies, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I got it on VHS. My mom got it for me for uh, one of my birthdays, and uh, I remember putting it in the VCR. And there's a couple of choice words in there. There are a couple of uh, cuss words in there, and uh, my mom's like, "What are you watching?" I'm like, "Mom, you bought this for me." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I loved Batman. I I loved the original NES game. I played that all the time, even when I had. The PlayStation. I was still going back to the NES and playing that Batman game, and I I love the Batmobile. I love the toys. I used to have a, a a toy replica of the Batmobile from the 1989 film. But you know, as far as the comics went, I was pretty much clueless. I mean, and to this day, I've read some comics. Like I usually buy them in graphic novels because the problem I have with DC and Marvel now, and it's not their fault. Heck, they're making lots of money off of it. I don't know where to start. I have no idea where to start as far as timelines go. Like, it, I think it's Detective Comics. I want to say number 34. I could be wrong on the number. Right, right. Like, yeah. I'd, I'd love to get into – no, I would, that would be nice to kind of just start all the way from the you know 1940s or whenever it came out. And I'd love to start and work my way chronologically all the way up to uh, you know the current era. But you know I think that would take a lot of time. I'd like to just dive into a story arc right now you know, and, and kind of keep up with it. But – I, I wouldn't even know where to begin because there's so many different branches of it. The same thing with X-Men. So many different branches now. I don't even know where to begin. Uh, I, I bought the uh, X-Men like 92 um, relaunch that they did, and that that's really good. Uh, and I've been reading that and keeping up with that. But as far as Batman goes, if there's anybody out there listening that has advice for somebody who wants to get back into the Batman comics, 
please reach out to us. Send us a message at turtleflakespodcast at gmail.com. Please. That's right. Or, or hit us up on Facebook. So, hit us up on right. Facebook. A little, a little bit more about Batman, Rob. I've got, I've got two questions for you. Question number one, have you seen the new Gotham TV series? Uh, I have not, but I've heard it is really good. It is really good. Uh, there's a couple of episodes where it gets kind of gruesome, but um, it's not it's not like needlessly gruesome. I mean, it has a point to the story. They probably didn't. I mean, it probably wasn't really necessary, but it wasn't just gratuitous. So uh, definitely not those episodes, at least, and most episodes, not for kids. Um, it's more. Uh, so Bruce Wayne is a kid. I'm guessing he's about 12 or 13 in the series. So it's not really about. Uh, Bruce Wayne is not Batman yet, but it's about um, him trying to find his his parents' killers, and uh, most of the story is focused around um, uh, Commissioner Gordon, who's not a commissioner yet. He's just uh, a cop. Oh, but cool! It's really cool. So you kind of see the origin stories for some of the villains, and uh, it's just really, really good, really well done. Um, some parts of it are kind of creepy, you know, because they're trying to find, uh, they're like real cases. So someone will be murdered and he's trying to track down this murderer. So it's, it's cool. It's like, um, a gritty detective story in, um, the setting of Gotham. So is it on Netflix or is there any way I can start, you know, from the beginning uh, and work my way if up? You, if you have Hulu, it's on there. Oh, darn. I don't think I do. Yeah. It's not on Netflix. And then it, it is on TV. I think. Well, actually, actually, to be honest, right now it's on break. But uh, I think they did, I think they did season one and season two. So I know you can see it on Hulu, um, or it, I don't know if they're doing reruns on TV right now while they're while they're on um, while they're on break. But right. yeah, you definitely you've got to see it. It's it's really good. Ah oh, man, I, I hear a lot of good things. I hear Joker makes an appearance. Penguin. I mean, all the you know, I guess the villains before they really become who they are. Yeah, um, Penguin and... definitely does. There's someone that I think was Joker, but they don't call him that. So really? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Ah, interesting. At least, uh, yeah. So far as I've seen it, I think I'm current on it. So oh, sweet. All right. So I've I've got one more question for you. This this can be a religious debate among Batman fans. <laughs> okay. I think most people agree, but all right. So which Batman film out of all the films from the the 60s Adam West one with... Uh, with shark repellent? Yes, with shark repellent <laughs> and with Mick playing the penguin. Right. I just listened to your Rocky episode with Winging a Dude. That was great. Uh, oh, thank you, man. Yeah, that was, that was hilarious. That was... <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, Mick, I mean, if, if it weren't for him, I, I would have no idea how to change a diaper. I know. <laughs> I was waiting for waiting when you were trying to change the diaper. I was waiting for Lanny to go. You've got to have fast, greasy speed. <laughs> he did it later, but I was I was waiting for him to do it while you were changing the oh, diaper. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be good. Uh, we um, the great thing about winging it, and I don't mean to get off topic here, is we don't edit anything, and we like I don't write skits for that because I just don't. I didn't have the time. So we just literally made it up on the spot, and it just it turned out really, really funny. <laughs> it was it was great. You guys, so if you guys have not listened to it, you got to listen to Winging It. They talk about just everything retro. It's oh, thanks, buddy. If, if if Robin Landon, well, it literally is. You know, Robin Landon, they're going out to get wings, and they're just talking about stuff, and you're just you're just a fly on the wall listening to two hosers go on about pretty <laughs> stuff. It's it's great. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate the plug there, and, and I'll tell you what. Winging it was just a fancy way of saying we don't know what the heck we're doing. We're just making it up as we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's great though. So thanks, uh, buddy. But but anyway, sorry. So back to Batman. Oh yeah, let's hear it. Back to Batman. So my question is, yeah, out of all the movies, including the the nineteen sixties Adam West series, the eighty nine movie, 
the Val Kilmer movie, <laughs> uh, which Batman Forever, which I do like, and uh, uh, George Clooney too. Yeah, George Clooney. Yeah. Uh, with yeah, that was uh, what Batman and Robin with yes. uh, Frostinita, <laughs> and uh, where Batman had bat nipples. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. yep. Uh, and then um, yeah, Batman. What was it, Batman Beyond with Liam Neeson? Uh, uh, Batman, Batman Begins. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, the Heath Ledger one and the new one. So out of all those movies, uh-huh. which one is the best? Oh, which one's the best? Oh. Or I guess your favorite, I guess. Uh, kind of the same, but I guess you could have a favorite that's not the best. I'll say this. I'll say this. Like, uh, I remember when the first movie came out, and I remember it was huge when it came out. There. I mean, I shouldn't say the first movie. The 1989 movie came out. I remember when that came out, and I remember it being huge. I like certain things from the first movie. I love Jack Nicholson's version of the Joker and how quirky he was. But as far as just overall, just to me, fitting the dark atmosphere, to me, having the dramatic moments, for for me, um, having seen it in the theater twice when it came, or no, three times when it came out, and just seeing the way everyone reacted in the theaters, I have to go with... The Dark Knight. I have to go with The Dark Knight. Uh, that was the sure. second one of the um, Christopher Nolan series. But I really like Batman Begins, too. I really do, because I thought Liam Neeson as Ra's al Ghul was fantastic. But if I had to pick one, it would be The Dark Knight, because I loved Heath Ledger's interpretation of the Joker. I love nice. it. Yeah, and I love that you never really knew his backstory. Every every time you say, uh, you want to know how I got these scars? You know, he t- it would be a different... <laughs> have you seen that picture with those... Uh... The popsicles, you know what I'm talking about? They're just like a plastic tube. Yeah, yeah. And you cut the top off and you'd always cut your mouth. Someone has like a picture of those. <laughs> it's like, you know, I got these scars. And it's just like a freezer full of those things. I was like, yep, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, me too. Me too. But yeah. uh, I'd say The Dark Knight, although I love all the movies except for my least favorite one was, and I love the uh, Adam West movie, by the way. That, that series just it was a completely different feel. Of course, it was goofy, it was quirky and campy, but it had its own charm. I hated, uh, hate's a strong word, I strongly disliked uh, Batman and Robin. Because I watched it again, I watched it when it first came out in theaters, and I thought it was okay as a kid. But then I watched it again as an adult, and I said, uh, actually this was recently, about a month ago, it was on TV. And I was like, golly, this is bad. Yeah, it is, and it's so funny because it's like, the casting. Yeah, great cast. I mean, yeah, it just it wasn't I'm, it wasn't written well, and well, yeah, it was it was like it was, I guess they were trying to be campy, but also trying to be serious at the same time, but it just to me it just didn't work. It was it just looked like a bad movie because like you didn't know if it was trying to take itself seriously or picking fun at itself. It was hard to tell. It was hard to tell because there's some really quirky, cheesy moments in the movie, and it's like, did they mean to be cheesy or was that? Serious? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. you've got to wonder, like the the actors, like what they were thinking. Right, uh, right. You know, and, and what they think it. now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was my least favorite. So, what about you? Uh, so I have to say, my favorite one has to be the '89 one, Michael Keaton. Oh, interesting. Nice. Yeah, and, that mean, was my second pick. Yeah, that's and that's usually I think a lot of people either say the, the Heath Ledger one or the original '89. Well, original. Not counting the Adam West one, but yeah, I just yeah, I just love that movie. I love how dark it is. See, it's it's interesting because it's really dark, um, and it, you know, it's a comic book movie, and it, I think it finds the perfect balance between being um, this dark fictional world, 
but then also not taking itself too seriously. So like, you know, um, it's just like Jack Nicholson nailed the Joker to where he's, you're not particularly afraid of him, but he's still creepy. He he fits the character, you know? It's like, um, you know, Heath Ledger was like, like a serial killer. He's like, he's a nightmare, you know? When you see him, you get scared. When you see Jack Nicholson, you're like, oh, wow, this guy's a goof. And then he starts, you know, kind of going sideways on you. That's kind of the, I, I feel like, that's kind of the way the Joker, you know, my version of the Joker would be. Like, you know, with, especially how much I love the animated series with, um, you know, Mark Hamill doing the voice of the Joker where he's he's really wacky and then he's a bad guy. Oh, and yeah. It's not just like this creepy serial killer to start with or, you know, whatever Heath Ledger's interpretation was. So I think that's one of the main reasons. But also, you know, Michael Keaton, he is Batman. I'm Batman. But also, a funny story, um, when I was treating, uh, when I was working as a nurse, one of the patients that I treated was uh, Eddie, the one of the first bad guys in in the, you know, when Bat, it starts off in that alleyway, and you've got the guy, uh, is, I don't know that he's actually called out in the movie, I don't remember if they say his name, but yeah, the actor, Eddie, who's kind of like this sort of like a mix between a bum and a criminal yeah. who gets kicked by Batman. I remember that, yeah. I met him in person. He signed my DVD. I've got a, uh, his signature on it. So No way! Yeah, it was crazy. I couldn't, I just, like, happened to meet him. I don't even know how it came up, but he was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm an actor. I do some, um, I think he was saying he did, uh, um, like, theater and stuff. He's like, oh, yeah, I was in the original Batman. I'm like, what? And it was funny, because when I saw him and I watched the movie, looks the same. Totally. <laughs> the same. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, yeah, it was crazy. And, wow. You know, was, yeah, he was telling me about when he, he got kicked in the chest by the and the stunt and everything. It was, it was really cool. So so I kind of have a special connection with that movie. Uh, and I just, I love, uh, love I love purple. <laughs> I love, I love uh, Jack Nicholson's take on the Jokers. So. Me too. And you got you can't go wrong with that long gun. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah. that little pistol he's got. <laughs> so if I had to rate them, i go the 89 movie. Then I would probably go Batman Begins. Oh, I, I lo- you know what? I love Batman Begins. Um, and then I would probably go with, uh, probably the Dark Knight, and then uh, Batman Returns. Oh, Batman Returns! You know that movie gave me a nightmare when I was a kid. Yeah, that one was extremely dark. Yeah, yeah, very. Yeah. actually, we saw it at a drive-in theater, and you couldn't see what was going on because it was so dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, boy, this movie's really dark. I know. <laughs> um, and then, well, I guess. I do like Batman Forever a lot. That one's more campy. It and is. Bell Kilmer, yeah. Batman is weird. But, uh, man, I got to say, Tommy Lee Jones nailed Two-Face. I liked him, yeah. And and Jim Carrey is probably the best Riddler I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, he's perfect, perfectly cast for that. So that one that one moves up in the list, too. So, yeah, those are, those are my favorite ones. And the newest one, to be honest, uh, I wasn't really thrilled with it. You're talking about um, the uh, last Christopher Nolan one? Yeah, the one with Bane. Bane, yeah, yeah. I thought the it's ending just... was pretty cool, but uh, but yeah, I, I'm with you. It, it it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't you know it was it, it wasn't the caliber of the first two. Right. It was kind of like you know in today's world our our enemy is terrorists, so they turn Bane into a terrorist. Right. And then the whole time Batman's getting his butt kicked. I just I I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, that that's pretty rad. I'll, I'll tell you, um, Batman is one of those ones. Like for me, I would love to get into the comics because I he I really do like. He's probably my favorite. I like Superman a lot too. Same c- scenario with him. I would love to leap into the comics, but I don't know where to start. You know, so uh, listeners, please reach out to us. Let us know if if you know like a good starting point for for. 
guys like us that have a background, you know, really kind of appreciating the hero, but want to get really into a current story arc, you know, to, you know, kind of get us to where we could actually have conversations with other fans, you know, <laughs> and pretend that we're fanboys. Pretend, right, right. You know, be posers. You know, poser hosers. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, so if we're at Comic Con and you know we're waiting for the line to go to the restroom, yeah, there's other guys there. If they strike up a conversation, we want to be able to blend in. Right, you know? right. Because if they start talking Batman and we have nothing to say, I'm pretty sure the nerds would escort us out. Right, right. Well, but hey, we know about turtles. We know about turtles. Yeah. And then the turtle gang shows up, and uh, you know the crooked Ninja Turtle gang shows up. Now that's a jam right there. That is. Man, I, I wish Daniel Tidwell would cover uh, that song. Oh my gosh! Oh, dude, that lends itself very would lend itself very well to metal version. Yeah, dude, send him an email, right? I will. I will. I'll reach out to him. All right, guys. Well, well, let's get into this comic book. So, you know, I guess we can both pretty much sum it up by saying we love Batman, and of course, our passion is the turtles. So, to see both worlds in this comic book issue, it's mainly a DC issue. it's pretty special, so we're going to be talking about the first issue today. So, the first issue came out on December 9th, uh, 2015, and the script was done by uh, James Tinian. Uh, the art and cover, which both covers look awesome, but uh, the Freddie E. Williams did the cover of the one I have, but the uh, Kevin Eastman cover looks great, too. Uh, and as a matter of fact, the digital download that I got from Comixology has both covers in it, so you can kind of see the big contrast in styles there. The artwork in this issue is fantastic. I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, the colors were done by Jeremy Colwell. Letters done by Tom uh, Napolitano, Napolitano, I guess. Uh, variant cover, of course, by Kevin Eastman and Tommy Varga. Uh, assistant editor was David Pina. And the group editor was Jim Chadwick. So, And this story is the Knights in a Half Shell. So take it away, Hosehead. Turtle power. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. Oh, that was great. Yeah, so... There's two different covers. Uh, they're both pretty pretty interesting. Obviously, I have my favorites, so I personally love the Kevin Eastman cover. Me too. And and, and yeah. then the other one, um, the one by uh, Freddie Williams, great. It's a great cover. But I just yeah, yeah I love. I'm used to Kevin Eastman. You 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 go with what you're used to. Right. Yeah. And and to me, um, uh, the art style is quite a bit different than what we're used to with the Turtles and the IDW series because this is done by DC. Right. Um, and to me. Uh, and I'll talk about it a little bit more as we get into it. Uh, it's interesting. Like, there's a lot of white area in in kind of the coloring, right? So, like, if you look at Batman, he's almost more white and gray than he is black. He's not very dark. Yeah. On the cover. Yeah. And even the turtles, there are a lot of white spots kind of on them. Like uh, on Michelangelo's bicep, there's this huge white spot, and the rest of it is green. I guess it's kind of like to show the moonlight or whatever. That's what I was thinking. Off of them. Yeah. Yeah. So it almost looks like uh, it obviously wasn't, but it almost makes me think of like watercolors. You know? Yeah. The coloring in this is really good. I mean, I'm it's... so surprised at how good it is. I mean, like, kind of going with you, you're saying there. Um, I love the torn headbands. I love uh, you know kind of the shading of everything and the moonlight. Um, I love how, to me, and I'm talking about the Freddie Williams um, cover here. I love how the turtles are are big, but they're not too big. You know what I'm saying? Like they're they're not overly muscular, like say the movies were. Yeah, you know? I was just gonna say. That. Yeah. <laughs> but the, but they still look pretty intimidating, especially Raph with his side faced right toward the camera there. Yeah, or camera. So, I don't know it, what you. It's not a camera. I, whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, we get it. Yeah. 
So, uh, so in, in in that cover, you've got all four turtles, and Batman's kind of in the middle, and he's got one fist clenched, and the other one just kind of looks like he's ready to grab someone's dome and just like throw him across the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. But you can't tell from the cover: is he fighting with the turtles, like together as a team, or is he coming after them? Right. It's hard to say. I, and I think that's and, the point. Like, I think they tried to do that on purpose. Yeah, so that you you wouldn't know until you read the issue. Um, and in the Eastman cover, uh, I again huge Eastman fan. It's a lot darker. Yes, grittier. Uh, like, yeah, it's grittier. And so Batman is kind of. It looks like he's perched up on a water tower or something up above the turtles, looking down on them. And the turtles are down on the ground. You know, all four of them lined up. Looks like they're ready for action. So it's pretty cool. In that one, Batman's kind of up and observing the turtles, and you don't know is is he looking out for them mm-hmm. or is he going to pounce on them. So kind of the same idea, but um, personally, like I like Eastman's cover. Well, yeah. Well, it it seems like you said a lot darker, um, and even the shading, like the the uh, Freddie Williams cover is a lot brighter. Um, the turtles are a lot beefier. Um, but this one's uh, definitely a lot darker, grittier. I mean, with all the buildings and the you know the scratch marks everywhere, and I just I, I like the the fact that the turtle shells are all just grimy and just it looks much much darker. Both are amazing covers, but uh, you know I just personal preference. I like Kevin Eastman. And it's funny. Um, I almost feel like Eastman captured my, what I would imagine Gotham to be a little bit better, right? Oh sure, because sure. Gotham is so dark and dirty, and you know, and just yeah, and and I feel like in the other cover, again, there's a lot of white and light, and it's it doesn't look as uh, intimidating and foreboding as it does in Eastman's cover, I guess. Now you're onto something here because like, if you look at the background of the Freddie Williams cover, it looks more like the city more looks more like a actual like modern city, uh, like a metropolis. But if you look at the Eastman cover. All the lights are off. You know, it's like a dingy, dark alley. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, all the buildings. trash strewn alley. Yeah, yeah. trash strewn alley. Yep, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, none of the lights are on, so that makes it darker, too. There's, like, one little apartment on the left that has lights on. So I didn't even think about that till just now. Yeah. yeah. Did you get to ask Eastman about, about this comic? You probably didn't even think yes, about it. Yes, we did. You did? Yeah. You did? What? Uh, I'll have to listen to the episode, but... Real quick, like, was he was he excited to get to work on oh it? Oh my he gosh, nervous, he was thrilled. He said, uh, "Never in a million years was he was he able to do something." Oh, did he think he'd be able to do this? And when they asked him to do it, he was all over it. And he said, um, "Oh, you know," he said, "It was a really big deal to do the Ghostbusters one, but to do Batman because he was a big Batman fan." And you know, he was talking about Jack Kirby and a lot of you know older writers uh, and and artists and stuff. And he's just talking about how much influence a lot of those older writers had on him and he was talking about Batman he said Batman's a big deal uh, and just to be part of that is just so humbling and I'm thinking well Turtles are a big deal too man <laughs> right I know isn't that funny yeah it's, it's so like... funny you know it's like he, he's so just laid back and chill uh, it just he has so much respect for comics as you know a whole that he I guess always tries to take a step out of the microcosm of the Turtles and just you know have a great appreciation for everything yeah, if Kevin Eastman says it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's, it's got to be a big deal. Right? <laughs> well, you think about it. If you go out to the mall, right, and you're wearing either a, a turtle shirt or a Batman shirt. It's identifiable. Everyone knows. Yeah, everyone knows what it is. And and you could see a Turtles guy tell the Batman guy, hey, nice shirt, and vice versa. You know? It's like everyone knows. It's instantly recognizable. Yeah, at the school, if I ever see a kid like uh, – see, I'm in seventh grade, and our school's from fifth to eighth. 
Dude, you're still in seventh grade. What I'm done, man? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like no, anytime, uh, you know, I see a little kid or, or uh, you know, a fifth grader with a turtle shirt, probably thinks I'm weird. I'll pull him aside. Like, hey, nice shirt. <laughs> Mommy, creepy guy was talking to me today. He said he liked my shirt. I need Lynn in here for this. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but um, uh, yeah. And then another thing he said. Uh, I was speaking to the Batman comic. He said. Uh, I said, one of my questions was, do you think the Turtles will transcend time? Kind of like the Batman comics, you know, long after we're gone, will, will other writers keep it going? And will, will it just be this kind of uh, – and I I said yes. I answered my own question on the show. I said, I definitely think so. But I said, I'd like to hear your interpretation. And he said he said he hopes so. He says that's up to the fans. He said that would be amazing. And uh, so – you know, he's got a – you can tell Kevin Eastman has a huge appreciation for, you know, Bob Kane and, and uh, the Batman franchise. Cool. Yeah. So back to the comics. Sorry, back to the comics. Sorry, I, guys. I had to know. I'm just, I'm just like picturing what was going through Kevin Eastman's mind when he got to draw Batman. And I think he was fanboying a little bit, and I'm like, yeah. you're Kevin Eastman. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's crazy. Okay, so uh, the comic starts off in this really uh, elaborate laboratory. Uh, tons of really futuristic looking uh, there's this huge column in the middle of a really big room with tons of wires and lights and just everything everywhere and a ton of foot soldiers just crawling over this thing um, they're about to jump down um, onto this this group of scientists so the story starts off with this female scientist and she's explaining you know we had no idea what was happening um, and all of a sudden a bunch of these uh, these ninjas just came upon us uh, and then the lights went off, and then we saw a flash of red, blue, purple, and orange, <laughs> <laughs> which is just really awesome. So, um, so of course she's describing the the foot soldiers for whatever reason are attacking this these this group of scientists. They're breaking into this laboratory, and the turtles are, I guess, coming to the rescue. It's not really determined, but I think it's it's we're probably made to assume that. Uh, but one of the lines she says, you know, she sees the turtles. And um, it seemed like they were fighting them. For a moment, I thought it was saved. But as the lights came back on, I saw that one generator was gone. So someone stole one of the generators. Uh, and that's apparently what they were after in this laboratory. Um, and I saw them turn towards me angry, more frightening than anything I had faced that night. I saw their eyes, their inhuman eyes. So she was afraid of the turtles. Right. I love the artwork of the turtles when they first appear. They're kind of in shadows, and they're all close up. Leo looks amazing when she's talking about the flashes of blue, uh, red, orange, and um, purple. There's, like, silhouettes of them, and all you can see is their eyes, their torn um, headbands, and their weapons. It just looks so cool. You know, and you know what it kind of reminds me of, just seeing the side shots like this? The arcade game? Yes! Yes! Yes, uh, the arcade game, or... Yes, nailed it. <laughs> or um, the original game. Remember um, the original NES game, the intro. Na, 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 na. Yeah, and then it shows like a little cut of each one. Yep, yep. Yeah, don't they have the same poses? You know what? They might be. It, it's it makes me think of that. Yeah, so they could be. Yeah, it could be an exact lift from that. Oh, and it looks awesome. Yeah, so uh, very very cool. Very cool the way they show up. I love that they show up in shadow like that. And and I love the fact that they paint them out to be possibly bad guys. You know, it, it makes uh, – of course, we as Turtle fans know, okay, there's no way the Turtles did it. It's the Foot Clan. But, you know, Batman doesn't know that. He's never run into the Turtles before. Right, yeah. 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 They're just some kind of freaks. Yeah. <laughs> Freak! <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
fake! <laughs> Tell me, you didn't pay money for this. <laughs> so then it, it kind of pans to, uh, she's so she's telling her story, and you're kind of seeing a flashback. So it shows, uh, it shows a flashback showing this laboratory and the foot soldiers and the turtles as she's talking about her flashback. And then the next panel is a full page with the Dark Knight standing there in this huge, he just looks really beefy. I know, jeez, he's like a bodybuilder. I know, look at that, it's interesting, on his suit there's these little wires running on it. I thought that was his veins. He's got a sweet pump on. Yeah, that's what I thought too, but they're very angular and straight, so I, I don't yeah. know. So, it, and then and then you see her, she's kind of huddled down with a blanket uh, and telling Batman what happened. Mm-hmm. And she says, I've seen a lot of strange things in Gotham City, Batman, but I've never seen anything like this. The generator, I can't imagine what it would do in the wrong hands. You have to stop them. And then Batman's just kind of very stoic, standing there, looking down at her, while listening to her story. And then it zooms in on Batman's face uh, as he's turning to go off into the night. He says, I will. Yeah, yeah. So you think that Batman's going to go after the turtles. So Yeah, he's going to get ready and, and kick some shell. <laughs> Let's kick shell. Well, sweet. And then, um, so I love the next scene, too, because uh, it kind of reminds you of the scene from the movie, you know, with Domino's. It's like 122 and an 8. <laughs> what the heck's 122 and an 8? <laughs> You're standing on it, dude. <laughs> I got to get a better route. <laughs> uh, but do you notice what it says on the pizza box when uh, the guy's delivering the pizza? Uh, Pina's Pizza? Yeah, and uh, Pina, David Pina, is um, the assistant editor. So I didn't even catch that until just now. Oh, I didn't catch that either. Yeah, yeah, so uh, they put a little Easter egg in there for us. And uh, it, so anyways, they I guess they tie the money to a lamppost or a street post. Um, and, uh, you know, it seems kind of risky to tie, like, or uh, to tape a $20 bill on there. Uh, it says, leave it on the street. And sure enough, uh, Raphael, the guy, takes the money, puts the penis pizza box on the right above the, I guess, sewer guard or whatever you want to call it, storm drain or whatever. And um, Raph just kind of sticks his sigh out there and pulls the pizza under. It's this really, <clears throat> this wide-looking shot. Um, I guess awesome. land, landscape, right? And there's bats all over the place. And uh, you see this huge computer, these two huge computers that look like looks like projection, uh, almost like projectors, mm-hmm. and these huge screens. And it's funny, on the screen you can actually see it looks like people are fighting. So I think it looks like someone's been researching uh, this fight or possibly what's been happening in the news lately. And Batman, he's got a soldering iron, it looks like, which is awesome. And it, you can see kind of like a mask. It almost looks like an Iron Man head. Yeah, yeah, it kind of does. I guess that's his... Um... Oh, what do they call it? That suit he has. Uh, the Intimidator. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so he has a conversation about it with Alfred. So Batman's working on this Intimidator suit. And it's funny, in the upper right-hand corner, you see a T-Rex. Yeah, what was so, that all about? I don't know. I'm like, what is? was Jim Lawson involved with this? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Batman's busy working on a suit, and then Alfred comes up, and they start talking about this uh, This. Equipment that's been stolen from laboratories, apparently. There have been uh, several break-ins at laboratories, uh, people stealing equipment. And, uh, you know, Batman's basically going, all right, I'm going to go check it out. And then Alfred starts getting on Batman saying, hey, you know, it's coming out on the anniversary of your parents' death. Yeah. And you're burying yourself in this work. You should really be with family. Yeah, or you should, you know, at least take a vacation. Maybe to Cancun. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. The, you might meet Batman well. Right. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, so Alfred brings up a really kind of interesting idea. He's like, well, maybe maybe it's Ra's al Ghul in the League of Assassins. And Batman kind of dismisses that. He, he goes, no, this is a different style. And, and that makes me wonder, like, the Foot Clan versus the League of Assassins. I'm pretty sure the League of Assassins would win because the Foot Clan are usually pretty disposable. But Ra's al Ghul against Shredder. Ooh. Ugh, I don't know. I don't know. That'd be interesting. That would be a good one. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I, I got I've got ten bucks on a Rokusaki. You know I do too. He's kind of a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we're gonna talk about another showdown uh, a little bit later, so I'm, I'm excited about that. But you got to think, Ra's al Ghul didn't, according to the Batman Begins canon, didn't he train Batman? Yes. So the League of Shadows. Yeah. So it makes it makes you wonder. You know, maybe Ra's al Ghul could put out a heck of a fight. I don't know. What if Ra's al Ghul is, or if Shredder is like. A reincarnation of Ra's al Ghul. Oh my gosh. Wouldn't that be something? Hey, there's six issues of the Who knows? We'll <laughs> of find this out. Series. Yeah, maybe that happens. Stay tuned. So, um, oh, by the way, the Batmobile in this. What do you think? To me, it it makes me think of a weird looking, like, not the car the beetle, but an actual insect. Yeah, yeah, it kind of does look like a like a insect, but I love it. Yeah, it's got this big bulbous thorax and then the head it's got like uh, a head with pincers on the front it's very interesting looking. oh man it looks awesome i love the eyes are actually the headlights very cool very cool and uh so anyways right after this you, we see uh one of my favorite villains from the batman series and i i had openly admit i don't know you know a whole lot about all the villains but uh killer croc i love him he's you know he fits perfectly in the ninja turtle canon you know do you think he's related to leatherhead I think they're they're distant cousins. Yeah, they're probably cousins. You know, twice removed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they don't really like each other, you know. Uh, they had a falling out the last Christmas party, and, you know, since then they've kind of, they've had a Twitter war. <laughs> <laughs> who, who do you think would win in a fight? Oh, Killer Croc looks huge. Yeah, he I, does. I, I, you know what? I have to go with him. He's kind of a beast. Right, right. And I'm sure Leatherhead's hat would kind of obscure his vision during fighting. I guarantee <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so apparently Leatherhead uh, has a GPS device on uh, the Batmobile. I guess Batman is, I guess, going to the laboratory to discover some more. Is that correct? Is that what happened? Yeah, Batman knows that, that people have been hitting these different laboratories, so he's actually, uh, he knows where they're going to strike next. So that's where he set it off to. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Killer Croc is in the sewers, and Killer Croc is just trying to, it sounds like he's just trying to score some loot, really. Yeah, yeah. So, all he wants to do is uh, track down the Batmobile, and then when uh, Batman leaves, he's going to scrap it for parts and sell it on the black market. Yep, put it up on blocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, Gotham's a shady place, man. I wouldn't park. It there. is. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't park anywhere at nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're going through the sewers and they're trying to track Batman, and then they walk into uh, this room, and <laughs> he's got a bunch of cronies with him. They're like, "What is this place, huh? This looks like a teenager's bedroom." Yeah. And you see, uh, so there's like four computers and like four monitors in one corner, and it looks like you got a TV and a game system on another corner, and then you, you've got a box of pizza with strangely two pieces of pizza left. I'm wondering about that. You'd think they would have scarfed them all, but anyway, <laughs> there's, there's two pieces left. Mikey must have been gone. Yeah. Uh, uh, and one of the guys goes, hey, the pizza's still warm. Yeah, they were just there. But so, what, what bums me out is, is what happens to the video game. Yeah, the Killer Croc, he's off my list. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I liked him until this part. Uh, until this part, because Death Laser Pony Racers is one of my favorite games of all time. You know, it's a classic. I know. You no, know, it didn't Konami make that. I Great think so. Game. So it had to be good. Love that one. <laughs> <laughs> all 
I ordered pony racers with freaking laser beams attached to their heads. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, is it, wasn't that a spinoff of uh, Crystal's Ponytail? <laughs> I don't know. I was never a big fan of that, but I think you were. <laughs> no, take off. That was you. No way. Uh, that's why I wasn't on the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, so, let's see. So, oh, and then the turtles, they're watching all this happen. They're watching all this unfold. They're, I guess they're above somehow in the rafters. Is that yeah, correct? They're, yeah, they're like, yeah, they're kind of like in the rafters. Uh, so that's that's why there's two pieces of pizza left because the turtles heard someone coming and they jumped up in the rafters. Right, right. No, I'm surprised Mikey didn't jump down when the guy was touching the pizza. But, <laughs> you know, uh, Killer Croc just picks up this cartridge of, of Death Laser pony uh, racers and just crushes it in his hands and goes, oops. And Mikey starts freaking out. He's like, no, my pony racers. <laughs> and I just love that, you know, Killer Croc, huge, ginormous crocodile. Uh, he's, he's kind of a goofball, you know, and he, he's like, just, just the fact that, you know, he's going to crush a video game because he's got nothing better to do. You know, it's like. Yeah, he's just, just being a jerk. Just being a jerk. He's a, being a jerk for jerk's sake. I know. Yeah. You know about that. No, I don't. That's you. That's <laughs> no, you. <laughs> no way. So uh, so back to the laboratory, we see the Foot Clan coming in, um, and I guess this is another Power Industries laboratory, and I guess they're looking for another, um, was it an amplifier? Or I forget what it was. Uh, I think a generator. Generator, that's what it was. Yeah. And then this is where things get kind of interesting. Yeah, so you can see all the scientists are working on different machines, and the, uh, the Foot Clan, they're kind of creeping up on them, getting ready to strike, and then they, they drop down from the, the ceiling, and you see the one of the first Foot Soldiers... It looks like he has a sigh or something, mm -hmm. and he swipes. He goes to bash one of these guys in the head, and his uh, his bow staff goes right through him. Right. And it almost oh, yeah. looks like... But it turns out they're actually holograms. Hmm. And, of course, Batman Batman walks out of the corner, out of, you know, out of the shadows, and he goes, you know what? I'm curious. What would a clan of ninjas want with an experimental digital amplifier? Right. Gone through the files... Everything else that was in this laboratory, you could have taken from one of the labs you already hit. I want answers. So who's so ready to talk? <laughs> and then, uh, meanwhile, you've got... Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got that voice down, I'll tell you what. <laughs> and then, meanwhile, finally, the, the turtles, they jump down, and real, real stealthily, you know, uh, Leo, Leonardo grabs two of Croc's henchmen, uh, Donatello trips one, um, Raph, I, I think one of them's firing a gun, and Raph somehow, you know... Redirects it with a size so that it hits the ceiling in the sewer. It's just it's awesome how quickly you know the turtles dispose of Croc's henchmen. Even Croc even turns around and goes, "Huh? What was that noise?" <laughs> yeah. uh, just a box. Yeah, it's just a just, moving box. Just a pizza box. Um, and then let's see, the turtles they um, do they confront Croc? Yeah, it's funny. It was hard to tell the first time I read through. They definitely do. Um, cause Croc turns around and sees him and starts coming at them, and they start talking about uh whether or not. Uh, Croc thinks that they're aliens, or no? The uh, one of the oh uh, yeah, yeah. So one of Croc's henchmen goes, uh, "What? Who are you? They're aliens, brah." <laughs> and then Michelangelo's like, "Spooky aliens." <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got like the spooky fingers going. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I love that too. It's kind of like a little reference to the movie too, the original movie. Where remember when then they were were first promoting it? Uh, everyone, all the fans were freaking out that it, you know it was turtles were from outer space. Yep. Yeah. And again, this is probably at least the second, if not third time, I've seen one of the turtles in a comic book specifically say, "We're not we're aliens." Not aliens. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and you know, I think even the original comic had that too. It might. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think the '84 comic did. I think the uh, I think the IDW series did, and now even DC knows, so it's it's official. Uh, so then then. <laughs> Michael and Donatello starts having this conversation as to whether or not they would be considered aliens. <laughs> An intellectual conversation in the, in, the, in the middle of a fight. Just like Donatello would. Right. And then I love when they all charge Croc and uh, Mikey goes, this is for my pony racers. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's whipping his nunchucks around. He's yeah. really whipping at him. It's pretty awesome. That's a man. great shot, too. I mean, all four turtles coming at him with all this, I guess, smoke or steam from the pipes, I guess, uh, going right at Killer Croc. So you know it's going to be a major showdown. So... Looks awesome. And then it, it flashes back to Batman. Pretty much, you see all these poor Foot Clan guys. The poor Foot Ninjas, they're, they're useless. Yeah, uh, they're the putty guys from... Uh, they are the putties. Yeah. They, you know, they even kind of favor them a little bit. And what's crazy is... Now, this is how sinister... This is how sinister our villain is. Batman is like, tell me what you are. Tell me uh, what you want. And he's holding one of the Foot Clan ninjas up. And the Foot Clan says... Or uh, Batman asks him, he says, where are your metahumans? And then the poor uh, ninja goes, Meta, the turtles? They're not. And then right before he can finish the sentence, three or four shuriken kill the ninja. And Batman looks up, and guess who's there? The human can opener. (laughs) (laughs) It never has to look for a can opener. (laughs) Yeah, Shredder himself. So Shredder is such a jerk. He kills his own guys. Yeah, it was kind of like in um, episode two of Star Wars where uh, Jango Fett shoots uh, What's-Her-Face? Oh, yeah, 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 his own guy. Yeah. You know, just, just because uh, he was about to give away something, you know? This is, yeah, exactly. Jeez, yeah. talk about a rough boss, I'll tell you what. I know, yeah, jeez. I wouldn't want to work for him. I, know. I don't work care how good the benefits. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's awesome. So Batman looks up, and Shredder's standing on this pipe really high up. Yeah, cool scene. And Shredder looks great. He's really big, beefy. He looks about to be about the same size or maybe a little bit bigger than Batman. Right, right. Uh, and, of course, he's got his uh, his blades on his fists, and he's got, the, you know, the Shredder uh, little blades on his armor. And he goes, this is not your battle, Warrior. Our secrets secrets will remain hidden. I love how he calls him Warrior. Sorry, I didn't yeah, mean to interrupt you. But it's like it's, even Shredder has, like, respect for Batman. He's like, yeah, it's like you are a warrior. You're not a coward. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. He's basically saying, like, leave us be and your city will be safe. Cross us. And I'm like, th- I'm thinking he's like, kind of giving him, just keep your distance. Stay away from me. There's, we don't have to fight. Just stay away. There's like a mutual respect, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And, and it says, and then you will burn with the rest of your people. So my question, first of all, Shredder, like you said, looks amazing. I, he almost looks like with his, his claws, he almost looks like Super Shredder in a way. I mean, he looks very, very big. But he looks great. He, he kind of looks like a cross between Super Shredder and the Shredder from the IDW comics. And and speaking of the IDW comics, uh, Bobby Kernow says that this doesn't necessarily fall in the IDW canon, but you can tell that it's IDW inspired because the turtles look very similar to the IDW turtles, and, and Shredder looks very similar. Similar. But what I was going to ask you is, isn't this like a fanboy's dream just seeing this shot where Batman's looking up at Shredder? Oh yeah, it's isn't totally that? I mean, I it's... never expected to ever see something like this. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And, oh, and honestly, you know, I like, I think out of all the artwork in the entire uh, book so far, I think yeah. that shot of Shredder is my favorite. I, I agree. He looks great. And it, Yeah, it's funny. You know, I'm not I'm not crazy about uh, the artwork of Batman himself in these just because he's really light in a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And it's, he doesn't look as, you know, dark, mysterious, and menacing as he normally does. Right. Uh, but man, they nailed Shredder in this. If they had, 
Yeah, if they had a t-shirt with that version of Shredder, I would buy it. Yeah, yeah. And I love it when he kind of um, throws that uh, smoke at him, and Shredder's kind of kneeled down, and he's opening his hand, like in the next panel. Yeah, and it says, yeah. Uh, and you will burn with the rest of your people. I just think that's such a cool shot of him. He looks great. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a very uh, very dramatic exit. Yes, I agree. So um, back to the sewers. I guess they beat up Killer Croc. Is that what happened? Yeah, it's funny because yeah, the last frame we saw with this, they were all charging toward him, yeah. towards them, and you know, uh, Michelangelo was seeking revenge for his ponies. Yeah. His pony <laughs> so I'm assuming that Michelangelo, you know, just just beat the tar out of him. Yeah. And I think in the lower, the first frame, in the lower edge of the frame, you can see someone lying there, and yeah. because of the teeth, it kind of looks like it's Killer Croc. Yeah, it does. So, I think we're made to assume that they knocked Killer Croc out. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, Raphael goes, great, guys, now we need a new hideout. Uh, and you think about the foot just waited for us. They slipped right through her fingers at the power's lap, and who knows when they'll get back on our trail. So uh, the turtles, they, they beat Killer Croc, but immediately they're not even celebrating their victory. Yeah. They're just, great, what do we do next? Right, Here's right. another problem. Uh, so. And then who shows up? Master Splinter. Yeah, and he looks great, too. I love his design. And it's funny, they definitely, they lifted his art style right out of the 80s cartoon. Yeah, I love the red robe. Yeah, and you got the little logo with the three circles on it. Oh, I didn't even notice that, yeah. Yep, that is directly from the, the cartoon series, so I thought that was kind of a cool throwback. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I love that. I didn't even notice that till you mentioned that. So uh, uh, so basically, they, they go up to the surface, and I guess they're looking for a new turtle layer a new sewer layer because you know now the killer croc's been in there and he's not dead i mean turtles don't kill people you know it's just not the turtle way so they know that croc is probably going to get some revenge soon so uh they have to move so i wonder that makes me wonder if maybe second time around you know maybe that'll make an appearance april and, and casey somehow you know later on because usually anytime the sewers busted up who do they hang out with yeah, yeah, it's kind of, they kind of like crashed with Casey Jones or April. Yeah, and, and then they're like, and they're seriously like, again, guys? Really? I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, couldn't, couldn't you just, you know, get a realtor and find a real place right, to live? you know, you know? something uh, maybe in the suburbs, you or know. Get a lease signed at least, you yeah, know? Yeah, right. Like, why, why don't you move into that farmhouse in uh, yeah. Northampton? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's free for the taking. There you go. It reminds me of the Grapes of Wrath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, I can't remember what they actually said to Splinter though. Splinter was telling them something. I remember he's. Did you notice something? Uh, as Raph's crawling out of the, uh, when he opens up the manhole cover and they're about to make it to the surface, there's this dialogue box with the squiggly lines in it. Mm-hmm. What is that all about? Uh, it made me think of uh, Peanuts for some reason. Yeah. Why? 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 Yeah. like, what is that? I think it's just him struggling to open up the. He's, I think he's grumbling and struggling oh, okay. to open up the manhole cover. Oh, okay, I got you. Because I'd never seen that before in a comic. I was like, what is yeah, that? Yeah, me neither, yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, yeah, so uh, Splinter says, uh, all right, guys, good job, you know, in, in defeating Killer Croc, but it's not safe for us here anymore. So they're leaving the uh, they're leaving the sewers, uh, assuming, like Rob said, to look for another place to live. They get out of the sewers, and Donatello turns around and goes, oh, my God. <laughs> She's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talking about the uh, Batmobile, and I love the Batmobile. I mean, I, I'm looking at it now, and man, I've never seen one like that before. I don't know if this is new specifically to this issue or this miniseries, or if this is something that Batman's had for the last two, three years in the comics that I don't know about. But I really like this interpretation of the Batmobile, especially the red in the middle. 
it's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I like it it. kind of makes me think of the uh, the Batmobile from the Adam West series. Yeah. Because, yeah, they had those, I think it was like either a red windshield or red light. Yeah, um, the, the bubble shield yeah, or whatever. The, yeah, the bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. That's probably one of my favorite Batmobiles, by that, the way. That I one's love that one. so cool. So, uh, so, but then Mikey goes, uh, Donnie, I think she's taken. And they look and Batman's standing above. Great uh, shot. Yeah, doing his power stance. Yeah, you know. <laughs> he must know a camera somewhere. He's like, oh, man, I can get, I know, he, I can yeah, get right? a great shot from here. <laughs> yeah. And he just looks down and says, turtles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I hope, he, you know, I hope in the next issue, issue he goes, I'm Batman. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> Does somebody want to tell me who or what this guy is? I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> uh, so, and again... Look at the shot here. You got all four of the turtles around a Batmobile, and Splinter's looking up at um, Mr. Bruce Wayne at the top of this building, looking down at them. I mean, just what a cool shot. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm fired up, and uh, and that's the end of the issue. So I think we know now that Batman knows the turtles had nothing to do with the generators going missing, um, and especially when the turtles tell him, hey, this guy, this croc, all right, um, was was in the sewers. They'll know. Batman's gonna know real quick that the turtles are good guys. So you know, I don't think there's gonna. It says. Um, I, I'm secretly hoping that they they don't know, and we get to see Batman and the turtles fight. That would be awesome. That would be that awesome. Would be so cool. let me ask you this: Speaking of fighting, Shredder and Batman, strictly martial arts, no weapons, anything like that. Who wins? Shredder. You think so? Oh yeah. I mean. If Shredder could take down all four of the turtles without when when Splinter's not there to help him, if Batman doesn't have any of his gadgets, yeah, uh, I don't think he's going to be able to pull it off. Right. I mean, Batman is a great martial artist, probably one of the best. But guess what? So is Orokusaki. And he's got Orokusaki just has all that uh, ancient Japanese knowledge of uh, you know, and, and probably multiple years of studying different types of. Uh, Ninjutsu. Yeah. I mean, Bruce Wayne does too, but you know, I, Oroku Saki's probably got more archaic knowledge of it. I think I think he would be better. And if they were going by the IDW canon, you know, Oroku Saki, he's been around for lifetimes and generations and generations. So he's probably been studying the stuff for hundreds of years. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I, I kind of I agree with you strictly on that. But I say if Batman had his gadgets, he would find a way to to beat Oroku Saki. Right, yeah, if Batman had his gadgets, it would be a different story. Yes, but... and if Shredder had even his armor, I still think Oro- uh, Batman would win. Yeah, but without the gadgets, I don't know, because Oroku Saki, he wouldn't blink before killing Batman. And Batman doesn't kill people either. That's true. That's so he would be at a So he would be at a disadvantage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gosh, wouldn't that be crazy if, like, Shredder killed Batman? <laughs> Imagine how, like, and that was the end of the Batman series. Imagine how outraged, <laughs> you know, fans would be. What? Oh my gosh! Oh yeah. man, dude, it, you wouldn't be able to wear another turtle shirt. No, like, people would dude, hate you us. Just get randomly attacked. We would be, be like, the new know, freaks. You know, we yeah. would be the mutants in the in the society. We'd have to hide out in the sewers. That's okay. <laughs> I, I've I've got some psi, dude. I'll, I'll be all right. We take them on. <laughs> yep. Okay. I'll, I'll hang out with you then. Yeah, I'll bring I'll bring the video games. You bring the pizza. We'll hang out in the sewers. Hey, it sounds good. Cool. Hey, we get free cable down there. That's right. <laughs> Well, sweet. So, Hoser, what do you think about this issue, man? Uh, did you really like it? Uh, it was good. Um, you know, I I kind of feel like uh, I wish that there was a little bit more explanation because it's – look at it this way. It's it's the first episode, right, or yeah. issue. Yeah. It has to be a setup issue. That's, oh, yeah. I mean, that's what it has to be. How does it do uh, in in terms of being a setup issue? I think it's it does okay. 
it kind of gives us an idea of what the Foot Clan is after, right. but we don't know why are the turtles here. Yeah. Um, you know, and are they in are they in the Turtles universe or are they in Batman's universe? I'm assuming they're in Batman's universe because the Bat Cave exists and he couldn't just like pop one of those up, right? Right. So what are the Turtles doing in Gotham? How'd they get there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and the, one of the biggest questions is, I could see if the Turtles and Shredder were somewhere, right? Right. If if they got mixed up in a fight and somehow they get transported somewhere else. But why would Killer Croc be there? I know. I don't, I don't quite... I mean, what does Killer Croc have to do with the Turtles? I mean, I guess I guess the Killer Croc just kind of ran into them because he's in the sewers. But I don't know. It's just I'm trying to figure out why are all these characters coming together and how it's it's very interesting so uh the the issue was very interesting you've got batman and the turtles so that's great um it was it was it was fun but i kind of wish it, it it had given a little bit more information about the story yeah like, i could see that yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, right now it's just kind of introducing a few things but one thing that really makes me excited about the future stories because okay we know there's only going to be six issues you know they're going to cram, and this is a wife, uh, once in a lifetime thing seeing the turtles and the and the Batman cross like this. So, you know that they're going to, they got to pull out all the stops. You know we're going to see some famous villains from the Batman series, and you know we're going to probably see some famous allies and villains from the um, turtle series. So, like, let me ask you this: in the next issue, do you, do you think there's going to be any additional turtles characters? Um, I don't know because it. It depends on what kind of crossover is happening. Like yeah. if it's if they went through a portal while they're fighting, which I'm kind of assuming that that's the way that it went or something, because that's just I don't know. Like the Triceratons, you know? Yeah. The turtles go through a portal and that's why they're there. Because I, I don't know how they could explain if Casey Jones showed up, right? Or if somebody else like would the portal have to still be open, or is there some cosmic event that's causing these crossovers? So I I don't think you're gonna have a lot more turtles. Uh, characters yeah. it would be really sweet if you did but i think it would be hard to justify that in the story come to think of it you you bring up a good point i, I don't know unless they just threw that out of the window and they're just saying oh you know what the turtles and batman they live in the same they, you know new york city and gotham they're roughly the same place you know that's the only thing i could think of that where we would see a casey jones we would see an april or a baxter stockman or, or anybody like that and i think with all the science that's involved um i think baxter stockman will make a an appearance in this series somehow that would be awesome. I mean, because Shredder's going to need him. I mean, Shredder's getting these generators, but, you know, he's not a science guy. He needs he needs uh, Baxter. Dude, you know what would be the best? What? Baxter somehow arrives. He comes to the whatever. He, he, he shows up. He brings a bunch of Mausers. He teams up with Joker. Ooh. And, and Joker paints little uh, clown faces on all the Mausers. Oh, my gosh. That'd be amazing. <laughs> that'd now, be awesome. Oh, my God. That's a really cool idea. <laughs> and okay, let's talk about that. You think Joker will be in the series? Uh, I I don't know. Like, so I think he's got to be. I would hope so. You know, but I have no idea. Like, as far as like you said, Batman. I, I like Batman, but I've not been reading the comics. So, is this like is this drawing of Batman? Is this Batman character continuing on from other some other story arc or currently running line of Batman comics? Right. Oh, I don't know. Think about that. Yeah. Or less, if, I, I'm wondering because it wasn't um, Turtles canon. If this isn't considered Batman canon either. You know? Right. Yeah. Is this like a one shot uh, random universe, or is this a continuation of a story arc that's already in existence where Joker is either dead or gone, or is he still there? I don't know. Yeah. But uh, that would be that would be cool. Oh, that'd be awesome. 
Well, all right, Hoser. So, uh, how many slices of pizza would you give this? Oh well, you know, there's there's six comics in this series, right? right. Uh, it looks like there's going to be six. Uh, this one, it, it, it's really cool for the fact that it has the Batman and the Turtles. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it is the first one in the series, so you've got to pick it up. But I'm, oh, yeah. I'm hoping that they kind of step it up with the story to explain a little bit more later. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, seven and a half. Oh, that's, that's good. That's a good score, and I think that's really fair. For me, I'd say about the same, maybe even an eight. I love the artwork. I love the fact that this is happening in the first place, but you're certainly right. It's a setup issue. We really don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I think it does. You know, it's primarily a Batman comic, I mean, because DC's doing it, but I think there was just enough. It wasn't like it was all centered around Batman. You know, there, there was a lot of turtle action. There was a lot of good stuff for, for turtle fans out there, so I think... They did a great job kind of balancing the two. I love the, like I said, the artwork looks great for the Turtles and Batman. Um, I'm just really sold on what we've seen so far. So I'd give it eight slices of pizza out of ten. Eight uh, Kawabatkas out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my buddy uh, uh, Mark Pellegrini from tmntentity.blogspot.com. Check it out. Great, great Turtle website. He was just kind of talking about the, the funny marketing that DC did for this, you know, and they actually used the tagline, Kawabatka. Wow, that's <laughs> awesome. So, so uh, I, I love that. I, that's, I, that sounds like something, you know, cheesy that I would do. So, But, Hoser, what kind of pizza are we going to have to close out this, this special Batman Turtle crossover episode? Oh, wow. Jeez. Um, I'm trying it's to think. I mean, one. Yeah, but does Bruce Wayne have a favorite food? Uh, it's got to be something healthy, so it's probably not and pizza. I know in, in Batman Forever, he had a certain kind of soup that he liked. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, some kind of chowder. All right, well, we're going to go with a New England clam chowder pizza. Are we going with the white or the red? Uh, I'll go with the white. All right, we're going with white New England clam chowder pizza. Well, that's, that's a mouth. Go for it. Oh, she's New England white clam, clam chowder. chowder. Okay. <laughs> I'll mess this up. Don't worry. All right, dudes and dudettes, well, here's to hoping you have your New England white clam chowder pizza. Cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. Dude, you pulled it off. That never happens.